This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at Ravinia.org. What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. You know when you meet a person who's not that much older than you, and once you get to know them, you're like, first of all, how are you so productive and accomplished and wise? And second of all, you have the audacity to make it look easy, even though I know it isn't. This is what I thought when I first met Anna Deshawn. She's a multi-hyphenate entrepreneur, storyteller, podcaster, and most recently, an inductee in Chicago's LGBTQ Hall of Fame. Anna Deshawn has founded two media platforms, E3 Radio and The Cube, where she hosts the award-winning Queer News Podcast, and she's the co-host of The Head Knot, which is a show about being a Black person at a predominantly white college or university. And thankfully for her audience, she doesn't question whether she deserves to have her voice heard. Black women in radio from Chicago is a pretty lit lineup. So I didn't grow up thinking that this was something that I could not do. So back when Anna Deshawn first went to college, she tried to start a radio station. I was running for Student Activities Board president, and I ran on this platform to educate, enlighten, and empower the student body. These three E's. I didn't win. We got to a runoff. But I kept those three E's because I wanted to tell the stories of black women that I was learning about that I didn't know about before. So E3 Radio actually started as a college radio network. Now that didn't really work out, but also in college, Anna started to get in touch with her queer identity. I had no connection growing up to any type of queerness. I grew up in a very religious and conservative, working middle class black family on the South Side. So when she moved back to Chicago after grad school in Ithaca, she recognized a need for more LGBTQ stories to be told by queer people. By 2009, E3 Radio became a reality as an online radio station with queer identities in mind. And building off that, she's launching a new app called The Cube. That's Q-U-B-E. The app is more curated with podcasts and other media that also put queer, black, and brown artists front and center. We'll get into the cube in a little bit, but we started by talking about E3 Radio. A part of the priority there is to only play music by queer artists. We were playing queer music in high rotation, okay. is how I would bill it, because I still wanted to listen to Beyonce. And mm -hmm. I felt like, you know, maybe mixing in queer music and independent artists with some music that people were familiar with mm -hmm. could really keep people stuck to the station. But then I was just like, nah. We can just be queer all day. And hey, <laughs> period. And because we are queer all day. We are. <laughs> we are. Every yes. single moment of the day. Exactly. And so this year we actually cleared out all the straights and now we're queer all day. All right. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. I'm excited about that. We're gonna be building out like our our own like queer artist chart list for the end of the year. We're trying to work on something. I just feel like any way we can amplify these artists. That's part of the work that we want to do mm -hmm. because so many of them are so good and their music is so good. 
But if you're not tapped in, you don't know they exist. Yeah. So you're also launching The Cube. We are. What is The Cube? How How is it separate from E3 Radio? How do the two interact? Like, tell me about it. 100%. Like I said, everything for me is connected. Okay, I'm a Virgo, true, true. Okay. <laughs> so The Cube was actually born out of E3 Radio. It got to a point where we're looking at the numbers. I'm looking at how people are consuming media today. It's changing. In the beginning, in 2009, I was like, I am not a podcaster. Okay? I am a radio host. That, that was the brand that I was going with. But by... 2019, it was clear to me that podcasting is actually absolutely not going away and it's really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I wanted this and I wanted to create a space where we got into the podcasting space, but also solve some problems because in these conversations I was having, we couldn't find black podcasts that we really enjoyed. We couldn't find like black and queer podcasts we really enjoyed. And we're like, where are we mm-hmm. in this space? And if we can't find ourselves, then we should create a space. And so we were already on the path of creating an app. And we were like, well, what if we combine these two things? What if we combine this discoverability of some of the best black and brown and queer folks of color pods with the radio station? Um, The name, The Cube, like I said, it's born out of E3 Radio. So mathematically, E to the power of three is to cube something. And this hit me in the shower where all the great ideas come, okay? And period. <laughs> period. And on the toilet. Like okay. Between those two places it's, in the bathroom. It's in the bathroom. <laughs> it's happening in the bathroom, all yeah. right? And so. Goes down. <laughs> and so the cube something, right? And so I was like, oh, that's that's actually a kind of a cool name. And if we just make the C a Q and make it queer, then we got the cube. Wow. Yeah. I'm excited. Um one of those original podcasts is the Queer News Podcast. This is, you're coming up on your, or you just passed your two-year anniversary. We Congratulations. Did. Thank you. We're coming up on our 200th episode. Wow. There is, in so many different arenas, a lot of bad news out there, especially right now. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to queer news, I mean, there's also the government officials, the library visitors. <laughs> the list goes on and on. People actively working against the queer community. Yeah. Um, when you're curating the news for the show, do you ever say, you know, like, not today, Satan, like, we're we not doing this bad news today? Or do you s- just speak what is happening and try to make sure you mix in some good with the bad? Every week. Okay. Every week. The stories are just so outrageous, what's happening across the country. I really do have to pick and choose. Okay. I really try my best not to bleed, like, what leads is not what bleeds all the time. That whole mm, saying, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's really popular in newsrooms. Uh, what bleeds is what leads. I really try not to do that. But at the same time, I have a responsibility to also tell the news. Right. Um, and to report back to the people, like, what's happening. So, you know, this October and November, um, in October, I believe there were six black trans folks who were murdered in just October alone. I couldn't not report on that and they had to be the leading stories you know because their stories go untold and there was even one that was in Chicago and I hadn't even heard about it in local news at all Dominic Dupree and it is in those moments that I have to report Mm -hmm. on on something that's very tragic and at the same time there's some sad things that I just don't want to share 
Um, it's not that they're not important. It's that we can all can only take so much. And I remember pretty distinctively last year, there was a day where like all three of my identities were under attack all at the same time. Mm. And I was like, y'all, it took me hours and hours to write this script because I was so angry and infuriated and sad all at the same time. It was Brittany Griner had just been wrongfully detained. Um, it was that shooting, the white guy had gone into the store, something had shot up like a whole bunch of black folks, and then abortion rights were under attack. Mm. <laughs> like, You're like, oh. Good grief. Queerness, like, <laughs> my blackness, my, my womanness, like all, all, all three today, all three today. I mean, that's just our constant state of living at these intersections. Yes. And so, absolutely, I am trying to mix in the good news. I intentionally leave every episode with Anna's word, trying to leave people on some type of inspirational moment. Like, yes. to start the week, we drop every episode on Mondays. And so, I ain't trying to ruin everybody's yeah. week with, like, a bunch of sad news. Second Sunday is another original show um, on the Cube. It is. It's for the queer folks dealing with the culture and practices of the black church. And what I love about the framing just off rip is that it says finding, keeping, and sometimes losing faith within the black church because I have done all three. <laughs> uh, all before I even came out. So, um, so this is a podcast where the two hosts interview someone about their experience as a queer person in the black church. Yes. I know that this is important content, but in your own words, why do we need to have a show devoted to these conversations? Second Sunday is the first pod I wanted to create on the cube. And it's the last one to come out this year. Mm. We have been working on this pod for over two years as someone who grew up in the church, as someone who's had a lot of experiences in a lot of different churches, all the choirs, okay? Um, family and church are the first two places you learn what love means. Mm. And if you come out and those two places reject who you are, it completely changes the, changes the trajectory of your life. It changes how you show up in the world, it changes who you are, and we can link it all to all types of other things that can happen to you if you don't find a chosen family to wrap their arms around you and love you and take care of you. Mm-hmm. And the church, the black church in particular, is the cornerstone of the community. It just is what it is. And for all the reasons, the civil rights movement, um, community, all the things. Opportunities, I mean, yeah. Opportunities, connections, yes. networks. Social capital. Yes. All of it. It's all of it. <laughs> it's all of yes. it. Yes. And no one wants to talk about the black queer people in it, though, and the black queer people who built it and the black queer people who sustain it. We just a don't ask, don't tell situation in these really huge, important, pivotal places in our communities. And 
I'm over it. <laughs> and this is, yeah. let's center the person, mm-hmm. not the black church. Mm. Let's center the person who was a part of the black church. And then let's answer this question of, can black queer people actually reconcile with the black Christian church? Mm. Like, that is our big question. Yes, big question. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, doing I'm like, you got the answer. No, I, I'm I, trying to find out. I okay. got no answers. I got no answers. <laughs> but what I do know is that every single person that we've interviewed has answered, has come to that reconciliation different. And the story is not linear. It go mm-hmm. places and we'd be like, what just happened? Yes. <laughs> what? That is not where I saw this story going. Yeah. And I think that that is so vitally important because when you have church hurt and when you got church trauma, how you approach that, how you find your own spiritual grounding or not is different for everybody. And I really want these stories to show all the various ways that we can reconcile if we want and all the ways we don't have to if we don't want to. Yeah. You also this year were inducted into... Chicago's LGBTQ Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Thank you. There are some powerhouses in this Hall of Fame. Tell me about somebody that you have admired and looked up to that's in the Hall of Fame that you know of who you're now sharing that space with. There is not one. <laughs> I could not come on this podcast and name just one. Okay. I don't even know where to begin. Renee Ogletree, Vernita Gray, Tracy Bain, Mary Morton, Christina Smith, Lisa Pickens. Who was the last one you talked to? Let's, t- let's talk about that person. Last person I talked to. Dr. Christina Smith and Mary Morton. We were on a panel okay. recently, a leadership right. panel for, Ma- for Morton Group. And... To even be on a panel with these two giants, okay, <laughs> even for me to say that I was on a panel with these two giants, it still is pretty a surreal situation. I am so grateful. Like, I just turned 40. Like, 40 off to an amazing start. Okay, if this is the, <laughs> if this is the start to the second half of my life, I am here for it, okay? Yes. But, so introduce yeah. me to, who's the first person you said? Um, Dr. Christina Smith. Introduce me to Dr. Christina Smith. Who is that? Yeah, Chris, she would kill me. <laughs> I kept calling her Dr. Christina Smith. <laughs> I'm doing it kind of as a cheeky joke. But Chris Smith is one of the co-founders of Affinity Community Services, okay. which is one of the longest-running Black-led LGBTQ orgs in the whole country. It's probably one of a handful that still exists today. They were founded in Chicago, oh, goodness, 27, 28 years ago. Um to serve black lesbians here in the city, on the South Side in particular. And mm-hmm. when they co-founded Affinity, they didn't know this little gay girl on the South Side called Anna was gonna need that space. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did, and I did, and I found Affinity when I was coming home from my master's program, like, no, in between my master's program. And I was nervous as all hell. Um, I was like, what if somebody see me? What if somebody at home find out I'm here? And then somebody was like, if they see you and you see them, then y'all did together, right. ain't you? <laughs> I was like, well, that's a good point. Like, keep each other you right, you right, you right. <laughs> yes. um, but I was still very nervous. Yes. I was very nervous about that. Um, but Affinity became home for me. It became where I was able to hone my leadership skills that I had put into practice in undergrad. It was a place that I saw the possibilities of black lesbians in Chicago thriving, Mm -hmm. living amazing lives with amazing careers and beautiful partners and kids. And I was like, oh, this is possible. 
Yeah. And so Chris is the foundation of that. She was the e- first ED before there was an ED. She held that organization together and really taught us what it meant to lead. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. When you think back on all this time that you've spent working in media, your first conceptualizations of, of E3, mm. what are you most proud of? I'm really proud that we created a platform that amplifies the voices that deserve to be heard, in my opinion. I often find that building this has become something bigger than me, which was always the goal. Mm. E3 Radio and The Cube have opportunities to really be groundbreaking entities in the way in which we do the work. And if we do it right, it can be what Affinity has been for me, Mm. which is this space where people can come to be seen and to be heard when they can't be seen or heard anywhere else. It seems so natural that something like The Cube would exist, but it didn't. Mm -hmm. But it didn't until it did. Yes. Right. And so I feel like I've been given these blessings and I've been called to do something with them. I took the risk. I quit corporate to do something with these calls. And so I take that responsibility very seriously. And I'm also really excited to see where it goes because it is hard as hell. So (laughs) in these hard moments... I have to remember why I'm choosing to do this work and why I'm choosing to make these sacrifices because at the end of the day, what the possibilities of what they can be are far greater than me. Anna Deshawn is a social entrepreneur, community organizer, and storyteller. She's the founder of E3 Radio and The Cube, where she hosts the Queer News podcast and is co-host of The Head Nod. Anna, thank you. Thank you, Aaron. And that's it for today. Thank you to Justin Bull and Sarah Stark for producing The Rundown and to Ariel Van Clee for editing the show. Brendan Banizak is our executive producer and Ethan Schwab was the engineer for this episode. Our theme music is by Louis Weeks. The Rundown is produced by WBEZ Chicago and is a part of the NPR Network. If you love this episode, tell us, rate us, review us. It helps more people find The Rundown I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you later. Mm